0: incredibly poor taste so this has got you written all over <laughs> playing guys walk-in so when he can't even walk okay well, we'll <laughs> what kind uh, of human being are stop you stop it stop it all right well
1: that we'll, be we'll we'll, we'll we'll stop it Lance, cut it this is it we can't hear We can't play this on the podcast anyhow can we we just played Edwin Diaz's uh walk-in music um not that we're taking an inordinate amount of satisfaction in the fact that Edwin Diaz was injured in a uh, celebration Absolutely yesterday not. after Puerto Rico beat He's the an Dominican. Elite closer. But it, it did appear to be the thing to do. and um,
0: <laughs> At least for Jeff Blair. Well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> only because. Uh, only because I know that this morning, oh. Buck Walter sitting down to his bowl of meanies. He has every morning. Is a bowl of meanies. He's sitting down and he's thinking to himself, if I thought this was going to happen, I never would have invented the damn game to be with, to to begin with. Um, It is Blair and Barker, Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker. The uh, World Baseball Classic is continuing. Canada's out after losing 10-3 to Mexico. We'll be joined by Greg Hamilton, uh, Baseball Canada coach and uh, head of the Canadian Development Program. We'll talk to Greg about uh the impact of this tournament and the tournament kevin very much we'll 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 get to the jays in a minute they won uh 7-1 yesterday over a team that was wearing pittsburgh pirates jerseys uh they'll be playing tonight at 605 against the orioles in sarasota be nice we'll get to all that later but uh, the world baseball classic kevin very much in the forefront of everybody's mind canada's out Puerto Rico's gone on the Dominican is, has been eliminated and don't tell me Ooh. that Mark Shapiro, Ross Atkins and John Schneider didn't get together last night link Absolutely. hands and do a happy dance because it means that
0: <laughs> oh, no question
1: it means that uh, with the Dominican Republic out Vladimir Guerrero Jr can now just focus on no question the t- the team that's that's paying him all this money um my Venezuelans are going to go on and beat the Americans in the next round of the tournament and uh it'll eventually yeah, it's it's done. Um, but the story, Puerto Rico being the Dominican Republic in the celebration, and we still really don't know how it happened, but Edwin Diaz, who came out to close the game for Puerto Rico, uh, it's been called a knee injury. It looked at first like a foot injury, given the fact he was dragging his foot off at a, at a bizarre angle. During the celebration, either... He fell or he twisted something, but bottom line is he was taken off in a wheelchair. Uh, He is going for an MRI today. Look, this is the best closer in the game. He pitches for a team that is spending more money than any team in history has spent to win a World Series. Kevin, you could argue that with all of the money the Mets have spent, the one guy they can't replace is Edwin Diaz. So now Buck Showalter and the rest of us are awaiting the results of an MRI today. Fingers crossed. It looked, looked, and given the reaction of the players on the field, guys were crying.
0: Edwin was crying. Edwin
1: was crying. I mean, given the reaction of the guys on the field, given the reaction of the Dominican players who stood around, athletes know, players know in every sport when there's a serious injury. Guys have a sense because a lot of them have been there. We hope for the best, but man it was a it was a celebration and uh it whatever happens the rest of this tournament Kevin if edwin diaz is done for the year it's gonna it's going be a shadow over the tournament
0: yeah ri- really wasn't a good thing right and I, and i was the first time I saw that i was thinking to myself man i i have been in so many celebrations in winter ball where jeff i've had i've had players pick me up off the ground a couple of them and throw me on the ground like that that's how the mm-hmm. celebration was going and nothing ever happened right it was just I'd jump up and and do it all over again and for a guy just it looked to me like he was standing in a circle and barely jumping up and down off the ground right it yeah. wasn't like he was you know trying to see how high he could jump it was just a little bit of a bounce up and down and you hate that for the Mets if you're a Mets fan you just,
1: no, if you're a baseball you hate that. everything aside a baseball if you're a baseball fan exactly right because
0: because no Edwin question. Diaz is a he's show. No he's
1: elite. And when he comes he into is. a game, he's a show. Uh, I mean, that, that that's just it. He brings it, fun to baseball, which is exactly what baseball needs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. So we we hope for the best for Edwin Diaz. And uh, he unfortunately has now joined uh, a list of uh, you know, freak injuries. I mean, there have been a ton of them. You know, you think back to Bill Gramatica, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're Martin Gramatica or Bill Gramatica. Martin Gramatica, who uh, uh, ended his rookie season with an ACL tear when he was jumping up and down after making a field goal against the Giants. Gus Ferrata, the Washington Redskins, headbutting a padded wall behind the end zone after scoring a touchdown. Uh, the pot. Kendris Morales with the Angels beat the Mariners with a grand slam in the bottom of the ninth. Took a leap into home plate, broke his leg. Ryan Dempster broke his big toe and his foot got caught... Dempster, of course, when his foot got caught in the dugout railing, trying to run out to celebrate with his teammates uh, in a win over the Brewers. Denny Hawking had a broken nose when his teammates kept smacking his helmet and the helmet flew off and hit him in the nose. And Jake Peavy broke a rib while getting a hug from teammates as the Padres celebrated their division in 2005. And Jays fans will remember, this is a little different, Jays fans will remember Joaquin Benoit having a terrific year for the Blue Jays, running out onto the field during a meaningless brawl against the New York Yankees late in the season. Jays are already going to the playoffs. He was either a leg. He did something leg hamstring or calf. He was done uh, for the rest of the year. And, and he had been a, uh, he had been a significant part of, uh, of that, of that blue Jays, of that blue Jays team, uh, a team that was poised uh, to go to the postseason. so So um, yeah, it's uh, it happens. But, uh, I guess the difference here, because there are people, we've talked about the dangers of the World Baseball Classic. If there is a saving grace here, if you want to call it that, it's that the injury did not occur during the playing of the game. It occurred during a celebration, something you wouldn't normally see in spring training. Um, But anyhow, so we'll leave it at that. We'll talk to Greg Hamilton, who's been a part of this tournament almost from the get-go, and we'll talk to him about you know, is he concerned that uh, that this might have a negative you'd have impact?
0: You'd, you'd have to be for guys that are on the bubble, about to get paid, right? You, you think they really want to go to that and and take a chance of not getting paid? Edwin's been paid already. The, so that uh, would help. I'm assuming for him. Anyway. the
1: The Jays beat Pittsburgh seven to one yesterday. Kevin Gossman looked really good. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. looked really good in his first game back. Ooh. A double beat out of ground ball. He looked. Vladdy's drinking different Kool-Aid than everybody else is. Vladdy looked really good. And wow. I've and i and got to say this. Ooh. I've got to say this because I don't think we say it enough. Yeah. Very early in Vladdy's first year, I kind of – I made a point of talking about at the end of the first year how we needed – to give Vladdy credit for staying on the field, because one of the things we worried about was, oh, this guy is so heavy. Is he going to be able to maintain it? Oh, he I, looks
0: different than everybody else. Vladdy, Vladdy, yeah.
1: Vladdy, and Bo play every day, and 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 we just we need to keep that in mind. It's no good paying a guy a bazillion dollars if he isn't gonna if he isn't gonna play any day, every day. And that's one thing that I think we need to keep in mind when we talk about these two kids. Uh, Vladdy has done a remarkable job. Knock on wood. Staying healthy. So that was all good. Those were those were good signs. Uh, we promised yesterday that we were going to have an extended version of questions, comments, and assignments on uh, the back leg line, which is a line we've set up to ask questions, leave comments for, or because he's down in Florida, give an assignment to Kevin Barker. Uh, the number is 416-413-3959. During the season, we are going to continue to do this. During the season, when we go to two hours, which is two weeks, two weeks less a day from today, when we go to two hours, we will incorporate the back leg line in. We'll also have shows dedicated to callers as well. So it's something that uh, I want to do a little more of this year because it does get the conversation going. And so today, Kevin, you don't know any of these questions. Uh, you no. haven't heard these. I've just heard a couple of them. So we're going to throw open the phone line with a selection of, uh, of questions, and uh, I don't think we need to play the, uh, the tape, the voice, the tape of what callers will hear when they call up the voice line. Let's get right to the first call. Uh, Mr. Boffo.
0: Hey, guys. Justin from
1: Vaughn here. Just a quick question about uh, Jordan Romano. If he goes down, who's the Jays' backup closer? Oh, and for Kevin, his assignment, where's Jimmy Garcia? Have we seen him yet? Because I don't think I've seen him on the mound. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Buck show Walter forever. Oh, <laughs>
0: how did that get on? Yeah, Jimmy Garcia's at WBC. That's why you haven't seen him. Uh, he's, he's uh, look, I've never seen him look better. I don't he know. Kevo, but- Kev,
1: Kev, he hit, he hit, he hit, he was facing, ah, damn, I made a note about this. Uh, he hit 98.2 at the World Baseball Classic facing Reyes, Perez, and Torres. Um ninety eight point two miles an hour. He's he's looked good when they when they've used him.
0: Yeah, and the question about Jordan Romano, you would think it'd be Garcia, you'd think it'd be uh, Swanson, you'd think it'd be a plethora of other matchups. You know, Here's John Snyder. Yeah, yeah, funny. You, you hear, you, yeah, he'd be doing that in AAA. You hear about, uh, you know, you, you hear about matchups and and bat pass and and well, I'm thinking two innings ahead. I mean, when when John Snyder's already saying that out loud, you know, it's going to be a tough right. year for the pitching coach and the manager to try and match all these guys up. They don't have no brainers, Jeff. I mean, you, you, we can continue to say this out loud uh, and this is something that needs to be I, we're going to talk about worries a little bit I'm sure coming up here and that is one it's not one for me making the playoffs I think their bullpen's good enough their coaches are good enough to match up and you know their khakis are going to do all the numbers and, and crunching them together and give you all the information before the game starts about bat pass and what this guy can and can't do which is going to help those guys make the right decision and the talent and the arm angles are there enough. But it is, if Jordan Romano was to go down, and you can argue that the eighth inning might be a little bit more important sometimes than the ninth inning just because of the way the game's, the flow of the game is. And normally, a lot of the times, the meat of the order is coming up in the eighth inning, and you like that Jimmy Garcia in the eighth inning. But if, if Romano was to go down, I think it would probably start with Garcia, and then it would just be a bunch of guys they're trying to match up with and, and bat pass and split fingers and sliders and all those things.
1: We got it next, Mark. Hi there, this is Rob from Peterborough. Um, My question is for Kevin about um, no stride hitting. I was taught that at a camp in Florida many, many years ago, and it looks like Matt Chapman is trying to do the same thing, but uh, we were taught that when the pitcher shows you his backside, you show him your backside, and I'm wondering um, why it's so hard for Chapman to not have that trigger in place.
2: Thank you very much. Bye-bye.
0: Oh, that's a great question, and and that was one of you know when we were talking about worries. is the toe tap. We know he's added the toe tap to get a little bit of a more rhythm to his swing to add a trigger. People have a trigger, and some some uh, you know a lot of fans and even me uh, sometimes wonder why you need a bigger trigger. Kevin, Go can ahead, I just Jeff. jump in? Is it na- is the trigger always something natural, or is it something Not really. you have? Well, okay. if it was, if it was if it was natural, Chapman would would do it all the time, right? And, okay. and he obviously is trying to put more balls in play because when he does, he hits the ball hard, he hits more homers. He's trying to get paid. So that's why you're seeing in the off season, unless he's listening to Blair and Barker, because I've been yelling and screaming this forever, that he needs a trigger. What triggers do is give you a better separation and allows you to get in an athletic position sooner, which means you want the little pause and the rubber band theory, right, is that when the front foot lands, you get that good separation between your bottom hand and your front foot sooner, which allows you to get in an athletic position, which in tune makes you balance, which better better allows you to see the ball quicker and longer And sometimes he just is not able to do that. And that's why in the offseason, the toe tap. The toe tap for me that I've seen down here, he's in between and it's quick. Toe taps can't be quick. A quick toe tap is basically useless, right? It's because now with a quick toe tap, your hands are going to follow your front foot, which is not what you want. You want the separation. You want your front foot walking away from your hands, and that's why you add some movement with your lower half, and I just think he's in between. To Rob's point, is, I don't want to say it's hard for him, but you can actually see him thinking about it. And when you're thinking about it, you're thinking more about what your lower half's doing instead of seaball hit ball hit-ball. And he's one of those guys that needs to think more about seaball hit ball hit-ball than his lower half. I do like that he's trying this. I'm just not sure that I'm on board with a toe tap. So I think that, for me, is a work in progress. Do you prefer to see a trigger involving hands? Do
1: you have a preference, yep. in other words?
0: Yeah, well, again, this is to each his own, right? This is why you need to go into a batting cage and see what works for you. Ken Griffey, it was a big hand movement guy. Not a lot of guys can do that, right? It's, it's a timing thing of the circular movement with my hands have to match up to when my foot is going towards my positive move, which is towards mm-hmm. the baseball. It has to match up to that. So you're getting your separation back to where you have that little pause and you're in your athletic position. Not a ton of people can do that. That's why you're seeing leg kicks. You're seeing whatever it is, the movement of their hips. The, the, it's a lot of different things. It's hard to do. So you don't see a ton of people doing that. Kevin does it. Does it look normal to you? Not really. That's why you're starting to see him now because he's not an everyday player. Jeff, he'll do it fast. And then when the pitcher about releases the ball, he really slows it down because he's trying to get the timing of the hands, rotation, matching up with the front foot, landing in an athletic position.
1: Let's go to another caller.
0: Hey, this is David
2: calling. Um Love the show. I have no complaints for Jeff or you. Um, I did want to ask one question about the season coming up. And the fact that we only have one
1: left-handed reliever and how it's going to pan out down the stretch for matchups and everything like that. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thanks. Bye. Now that Kevin, let, let's uh, how much of a, let's talk about some of the worries. Let's use this question as a way to jump in the worry. How much of a worry is it to you that the left, the only lefty is Tim Mesa, and you, you've got Trevor Richards, and of course the changeup uh, effectively. You know, makes him, I'm not going to say makes him a lefty, but it's an effective pitch against lefties. How much does
0: that concern you? Let me ask you a question. Do you think this bullpen is a championship no.
1: bullpen? No.
0: Then there's your answer. Uh, Trevor Richards, for me, will will get a lot of play against a left-handed hitter because of the changeup. And you heard John Snyder yesterday, and I was watching him. I was behind home plate. Looked like he got a little extra gear to the hater. He looks like his mechanics are a little bit more... Connected, which allows him to be able to throw the fastball with better command, which will make the change up better to a lefty. And you heard John Snyder. I don't remember who asked the question, but John, somebody asked the question about Trevor Richards throwing against left-handed Batters and how's that going to work out? And John was very good about saying the fastball command was better because he's better, he's uh, better, well rounded, and connected with his mechanics. He's staying over the rubber, he can throw that fastball, which makes that change up that much better, which allows me. To be able to match him up against, say, a couple lefties and a righty are coming up, and mm-hmm. Tim Mesa was used the day before, right? He's the guy that's probably going to get the tougher left-handed hitters. Would be Mesa because he's left-handed, the sinker. He's been okay against them, and now probably if he's not available, I would guess it would be Richards. And you know, he's not a ninth, he's not an eighth or ninth any guy. But in the seventh inning, if you got a couple of lefties coming up and a righty, that's probably the guy you're gonna throw out there, and he can get some guys out that way. It'd be interesting to see how they use Bass against lefties because he's added splitter. She told me, walked by me the other day, and I said, "You're throwing some more splitties." Well, I want to pitch more, I want to throw more against lefties because he's a matchup guy, mm-hmm. so he's going to throw splitties a little bit more. Swanson is another interesting guy. Splitty uppercut from a lefty. Does that match up? Probably thinking he's going to throw more against righty. So long winded answer. This for me, the bullpen is a work in progress. The bullpen's good enough for them to make the playoffs because the Chris Bassett and you think the rotation's good enough, give you enough innings, you can hide some of the woes and what it is coming out of the pen. Championship bullpen, winning a World Series with it, for me and for you, Jeff, it's just well, not here yet. It, it needs to be worked on. Before we go back to uh to the voice notes, any other
1: any other pressing concerns. I mean clearly. Yeah, the biggest, the biggest Burrios, one
0: f- start and in- and the road, the depth of the rotation, they don't got any. I, I really hadn't noticed that till I came down here and I started seeing, you know, the Zach Thomases and the Thomas Hatches and the, th- the Rubbers. The Rubbers bet the road for Thomas Hatch. I mean, I, no offense, but the championship teams don't throw Thomas Hatch in the big leagues and let him start. I'm sorry. I'll be the first to say it. I... That those for me are guys you're trying to rely on, and that's why I said get Ricky Tatum as healthy as you possibly can. Call him up and leave him up here. Let him do whatever he needs to do. If somebody was to go down, or you say Kikuchi is not what we think he's capable of being because of what we've seen so far in spring training, they just don't have any. Jeff, like Drew is Tom uh, Zach Thomas, Thomas Hatch, Casey La- Casey Lawrence, I. Yeah. Again, you look at the Braves. This is what I keep continue sort of throwing this back to. They won 102 games last year. They used 11 starters. The Jays don't have six. Mitch White's their sixth starter. After that, it is – you're flipping 15 names against the wall, and you're praying and hoping that that dude can give you four innings. should mention, by the way, that Ricky Teedman is scheduled to throw a side
1: session on Friday, so maybe we'll That's get a read. He's That's got great. a soreness in his shoulder. Let's go to the next one.
0: Yep. Listener. Yeah, Ray LaFave calling from Richmond Hill, loyal uh, and longtime listener of uh, Blair the Historian and Barker the Technician. Uh, my question is, why did they let Rymel Tapia go? Uh, they complained for the last couple of years about left-hand batters, and his average uh, fluctuated between 260-270. And I didn't watch 162 games, but one of the ones I did watch, I never saw him drop a ball in the outfield. So can you explain to me why he was let go? Thanks a lot. Bye bye. My answer is no. Kevin? (laughs) No, no. Why? You don't you didn't want him to go? I don't know why they let him go. That's a great question, but I, I, I could probably guess that they think Dalton Varshow is a is a better defender. He's younger, he's cheaper. They can use the money that they'd have to pay Raimel Tapia to go out and get a better bullpen arm or add one if they have to add one because of payroll. That would be my guess. Rymel Tapia, for me, look, he, he creates havoc. That's exactly what you want. He can play all three outfield positions. Uh, is he a guy you could do without? Again, you got to ask yourself, you're a Blue Chase fan. Uh, does he help you win a World Series? That's what it's about now. You're right. You know, it's like the conversation we're going to have with Nate Pearson. Is he going to help you win a World Series? If the answer is, eh, not really, then you move on. And, and I do. Th- this is what I think. I think they're just saying that they found better. At least this is what I'm thinking. And I do think, Jeff. I'll say this. I think right now. I think John Snyder is a big fan of Kevin Biggio, and I do think Kevin Biggio might get a little bit of play in the outfield, whether that be right field, whether that be left field, and I think he's sort of taking the spot, the spot of Rymel Tapia. How's that?
1: Yeah, uh, they are calling it Rymel Tapia. The last time I looked was hitting something over 400. Spring training, yeah, spring training doesn't matter, but uh, they called, uh, I saw at least at least one Boston writer calling it the spring of Rymel. Uh continuing. Uh look, I am I'm, I'm with you. Look, clearly Darton Valsho is a better defensive player, but Rheim Altapia to me, you know, they they're they're hoping Kevin Kiermeyer gives them some of the stuff Rheim Altapia gave them offensively last. I just think that I I I, I think that wrinkle plays in this lineup. Rymal Tapia is a chaos creator. And if you're asking me, would I rather have Rheimal Tapia or you know, whatever bullpen arm they've spent on or what. I mean, I don't know how their payroll is broken down necessarily. Uh, Rymel Tapia is my fifth outfielder. Is fine,
0: but I think they're asking themselves when they, when they sit in a room, who can we do without? That's probably – and, and, and I'm sure, because, again, I'm because, sure there's a financial of, thing. They've got to have guys – They've got to have guys who are really, really, really cheap. Now, now, now remember remember they moved the fences in at the Rogers Center. That's you're going true. to need a better defensive That's outfield. True. You need three dudes that can go get it all the time. Now That's I true. know those probably three dudes ain't gonna stay in the field all the time, and you're gonna need some depth out there. But they're banking on that some most of those guys can give you 120 well, games again. playing their position. And they're way better right now with the three names that they have where they're at in yeah. the outfield than they would keeping a guy like Rymel Tapia. I'm not saying I don't want him on my team because I do. I liked him. I was the one that broke that news, right, in yeah. spring training, that I liked him and I'd, that he brought something. I just think that they they are sitting around thinking that they could probably do without him. Well, we also know, too, that uh,
1: the Jays do value versatility, and, of course, Kevin gives you much greater versatility than Rymel Tapia, and um, there's only so many at-bats to go around.
0: Manager likes uh, Kevin Bichia. Yeah, I do know that. All right, let's go to another caller.
2: Hi there, this is Paul calling, a uh, long-time caller, a uh, long-time listener. I love your show. I have a question about uh, Jose Barrios and, yeah. his, and his issues that he's been having. I read before they traded for him that he possibly was uh, using the sticky stuff, and is it possible, Kevin, do you think maybe he hasn't been able to recover from the crackdown on the uh, sticky stuff? thanks very much guys and i uh i hope you guys uh keep doing this show i love it every thank day you, man. thanks Bye. thank you
0: thanks a lot that, that that well that's a great call it's it's a it's a great point uh i would say normally Julian Merriweather, for example, that that for me is a guy. Remember, yes. sticky stuff was around. That '99 was moving all over the place. Sticky stuff went away. Ball wasn't <clears> moving <throat> no more. I, it's, I'm not saying that that was that was the reason, but that was the one that'll make you scratch your head. Barrios, look, the, the the breaking stuff still breaks if for me it's just the location of the fastball the velocity on the fastball is still there if it was if it was dipping 2 or 3 miles an hour i think you could probably point at that but for me it's between his ears and for whatever reason jeff i just don't know if i have the answer to this and i know for a fact they don't cuz if they did he would have fixed it already like it would not be an issue so for whatever reason something's going on that a couple he throws bad it's like something between his ears goes off that whatever the changes i've made in the off season keeping my hands closer keeping them higher keeping them closer to my chin staying over the rubber longer so i can have the same release point all the time it just is not translating to okay it worked there now i if i if it goes away i know that's my little tr- uh, thing between my ears that i can go back to to fix it i I don't know it's an issue like I I know there now is, is they're they're you know it's it's they're going home having some sleepless nights trying to figure out because they know the the depth of the ro- of the rotation exactly that I know mm-hmm. that you know that everybody uh, else knows they can look up the names they can read the names gonna, and, and Barrios is a big deal to the state they need 200 good innings from him
1: yeah, going to mention by the way that Pete Walker will join us tomorrow so we'll get a chance awesome. to Awesome we'll uh, ask him we'll ask him that we'll also ask him about your guy uh, Nate Pearson. It's not my My a guy, I said, just here. make
0: let him go down to AAA, dominate for a couple months, then call him up. Let's go. Make a couple more
1: it. callers. Uh, hi guys, it's John from North York. Uh, my question is, do you think they're showcasing s Espinol and Bicio with the idea of trading one of them that way they bring up Lopez and then they, then they can bring up Lucas as well because they they're they've got so many middle infielders anyways Kevin, that's my question yeah you know it's funny I thought <clears throat> I mean I, I think there's a way you can get Lopez and and Espinol on the roster Lopez plays the outfield we've talked about this a 26 man for me has to be every bench player on this team has to be able to play the infield. I, I think that's the way that that that's the I'm way. You, that's the way I would put it. Look, I I I wonder and I don't expect Kevin that the Jays would be really completely open with us on this, but I wonder if what they saw from Santiago Espinal last year reinforced the idea that you can't play him every day. day. got to be a strong word.
0: Are you, I'm but sorry. I,
1: you don't, you'd rather not play him every day. There it
0: is. But I do. Yeah. I do think they've had conversations within that says he is more valuable. We will get the most out of him. If you don't play him five, six, right. seven days in a row, it's just, it's just physically, mentally, you know, the word got out on how you can pitch to him. Uh, you know, but that surprise of if you play him a couple days in a row, give him a day off. That's when it's just seems like he's at the, at his best. He's a great defender. I mean, I, he can do things defensively that you know he can play third, he can play second, he can play short, he can play a little outfield. Like he could do whatever you want him to do. He can handle the batting hit velocity. That little short leg kick has been a godsend for him. Right? It's just it's brought a different element. It's it's been it's allowed him to not have to worry about where the barrel's at. Mm-hmm. The barrel just goes to the baseball now because of his lower half, and that will keep him in the big league. So, yeah, will for me. I This is just me, Jeff. They're going to have to give up somebody to win a World Series because their bullpen's not good enough. I'm with you. I'm let's with let's you. not lie about it. So no, if I'm it has you. to be Kevin Biggio and Santiago Espinal and a minor league prospect, they do what they have to do. Yeah. It's about winning a World Series. And I think, too, that is sort of what I've gotten the feel of. You walk around the camp. You walk around the coaches. It's urgent. Like they understand, there's a window here, and that includes the coaches. So you're you're wanting to win baseball games, you wanting to win a World Series, you're at least wanting to make a serious run at it. And long-winded, yeah. I think if they have to trade one or both, they'll do it. Yeah, I, I would. I would think probably Espinal would have more value. You would
1: uh, think so than Vigio, but I, I'm with you. I I've said I don't think the full. I don't think the roster that we are going to see. At the end of April, is in camp right now. I think there's another move to make with this team, and and not a significant move. I'm not talking about a move that is going to redefine the roster. But eighth inning guy, an eighth inning guy. I think there's there an go. urgent need for another arm, and um, all you have to do is look at the the depth in the Blue Jays system to figure. Jeff, out Jeff, just where think it's if they had a from.
0: legit eighth inning guy, no brainer. Yeah, then you could fill in the blanks everywhere else. All right, one more caller before we take a break. Hey, Kev, it's Denise and Lori. Don't worry. We do not need a ride from the airport. We got a rental car, so we're going to be in Dunedin tomorrow, and we would love a tour of the Player of Development Complex. So if you want to give us a call, give us a tour, you know, we'd love it. We'd love to say hi to Hazel and the gang. And if you want to talk on the radio with us, Lori and I would love it. See you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. That's huh. what we were talking about before the show.
1: Clearly, fr- huh. I think they're friends of Hazel's.
0: You do? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. I have no idea who that is. That's news to me. Yeah. Are you going to give tours of the complex? Absolutely not. Like I, I, I will, I will go say hi and and well, take I was, a photo and the reason I wanted to play that is because I, we we had talked about
1: <clears throat> you in the stands yesterday. You said there's one question people are asking you.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. I got one question. One question, and I can—I'll—I'll I'll let you guess of what the question was. Yeah, I can imagine. Is Nate Pearson going to make the team? Yeah. I mean, that's a It's a for whatever reason people are in love with Nate Pearson again. I—I I don't get it because the—the the beauty of now the this Blue Jays team is it is about winning a World Series. For me, it ain't about seeing what you got. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, they're over that. It's yeah. about winning baseball games and winning a World Series. You see what you got in the minor leagues. The World Baseball Classic
1: has uh, come to a conclusion for Canada. Uh, Canada lost to Mexico yesterday. Young Canadian lineup. Somebody made the point yesterday. I think it was John Morosi, uh, who sure does love him some WBC. My God, find yourself something you love the way Morosi <laughs> loves the WBC, and you're going to be a happy, happy person. He's good any- covering it. Ah, he's he is. I mean, he's he is. He's, the he, best. he's he's Mr. WBC. There's no doubt about it. But. Um, something I've got to check. We'll check with Greg Hamilton. This. Canada had more Canada's lineup. This is kind of guess to the youth of it had more of teams. They had more top 30 prospects on their respective teams than any other lineup in the tournament. In other words, there was a lot of, there were a lot of young position players, not a lot of established major league players. Um, I'm sure Canada would much rather still be playing. Canada still hasn't gotten out of the preliminary round of this tournament. But again, it was a young lineup, uh, a young lineup that didn't have their best starting pitchers with them. But boy, oh boy, it's a little bit like, they're a little bit like where Canada basketball was a couple of years ago with the national junior program. You close your eyes, you think three or four years down the road, that lineup, if everybody stays healthy, that lineup is going to have an everyday major leaguer in it, top to bottom. One to nine, there'll be an everyday major leaguer in it. We'll talk to Greg Hamilton. He's a coach, was bench coach with the Canadian team. He is also the manager and general manager of the national junior team, the development program that's put so many of those players into the major leagues. Greg Hamilton joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 The Fan, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you
2: get your podcasts
1: you know i enjoy taking those uh taking those calls we're going to do that more often on blair and barker 416-413-3959 you should have the number memorized by now leave us a voice note and uh when we go to uh we'll continue to do this and then when we go to our two hours uh starting on the 29th we will uh, be incorporating more of them and for those of you listening in the SN Now app, there may have been a little glitch at the start. Um, we got that figured out. They fixed it. So it's all good. We got our best person on it, our best people on it, and they got it fixed. So, um, A reminder that the Blue Jays will take on the Baltimore Orioles tonight in Sarasota. 6.05 first pitch. That game is available on the website. It is available streaming. Uh, it just seems like there's a ton of games, but against Baltimore and Pittsburgh, I Philadelphia yeah, makes sense because maybe that's they,
0: on purpose. It might be on purpose. Yeah, I still
1: preferred the old days when teams would go across the state to play each other, and you'd even have an overnight game. You'd even oh, have an really? overnight game someplace. Yeah, I kind of like.
0: When when was that? It's not
1: that long ago. I mean, I, I would say like '99, 2000. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've uh,
0: been, I, I'm sure I was in every single one of those and I don't ever, remember uh, the, the,
1: uh, the, I mean, the Expos used to come up here to play the Blue Jays sometime and uh, they would come over to the other side of the state as well. And teams would come over there and, and, and uh, yeah. And you know, it's just, a, I'm just sure that got expensive
0: and that's why they don't do it probably, anymore. i sure.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure the players said, God, do we really need that trip across alligator alley? <laughs> yeah. Which I love, by the way. Um, uh did. The World Baseball Classic uh, is continuing. Uh, it is not, however, continuing for the Canadian team. Canada was eliminated by Mexico yesterday. And, you know, I have a couple of thoughts about the Canadian team. First of all, no Nick Pavetta, no Jameson Tyone, no Mike Soroka. It makes a big, big, huge, big difference, not just to your starting rotation, obviously, but there's a trickle-down effect in how you handle your bullpen. The other thought I had is... Well, I'm going to bring Greg Hamilton on. He is the uh, he was the bench coach for Team Canada. He's the manager and general manager of the uh, National Junior Team, which is, of course is the focal point of the Canadian development program. Greg, thanks for joining us. As always, we appreciate your time. And I, I was watching the game against Mexico yesterday, and I think it was John Morosi made the point about the number of, of of players on Team Canada who were within the top 30 prospects rankings of their organizations. And I was thinking to myself, this reminds me a lot of where Canada basketball was a couple of years ago, you know, where you had good young guys who, boy, they would take it in the chin internationally when they got out there against some of the older guys. But then now you get to a point where the Canadian men's program, it's got it's got all-stars i mean there are you can have five all-star starters when you put together a canadian team i look at the youth of this team and greg we're on the verge aren't we next wbc of being able to start everyday major league players one through eight
2: yeah absolutely i mean it's exciting uh when you look forward it'll be three years and um you know they're they're not sort of average talented type players they have a chance to be M type type players athletic players and it's uh yeah it's very exciting i mean as you say it's it's challenging through there's a development process especially when you know they have to match up with, with major league rosters at the major league level and they're still developing but uh, certainly encouraging going forward
0: greg how was the fan support for canada you know you watch the dr you watch puerto rico you watch venezuela you watch japan like the fan support is off the charts did you notice a bigger fan base was there rooting on canada
2: Really good fan base. I mean, we're a little uh, outmanned, uh in the Mexico game, obviously, and for obvious reasons geographically, yeah. that was uh, that was a bit of a battle. But uh, those that were there were loud and vocal and, and very supportive. So, it, uh, yeah, it was it was great.
0: Great. How
1: f- from your point of view, how has this tournament matured, and what would you like to see? in terms of next steps or maybe there isn't a next step you know this I mean it's been competitive um attendance seems to be good I'm hearing some of the tv numbers are 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 really good Uh, surprisingly good considering some of the hours that that the games are being shown um where is this tournament now and 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 is there something that needs to be done to make it better or just is it just going to grow organically
2: I think um, I mean I think it's going to continue to grow. You look at some of the rosters that certainly you look at the DR roster and the U.S. roster, and you know the you know putting those types of players all in one roster, getting them all to play, getting them all committed, uh, is you know probably something that's never been done. It hasn't been done in the past. So obviously the buy-ins getting you know uh, more significant. And I think as rosters grow and expand and players buy into it more and more, you're going to see that you know trickle-down effect with with everybody's roster and. Yeah, that's kind of what we hope. I mean, on our side, as you know, I mean, our margin's thin at the major league level. We don't have the depth of some of those countries. So our losses loom a lot bigger than than maybe some of the losses of of the countries that have the depth. But uh, yeah, I mean, you're starting to see more and more impact players buy in and do it and and want to do it.
0: Greg, is there any worry seeing the Edwin Diaz injury that, you know, established big leaguers will be a little hesitant now to come and play in this?
2: Yeah, I mean, just somebody that loves the event, and obviously, is involved in the international game and, and, and what it means to wear your country's jersey and, and the letters across your your, your chest. Uh, watching that was tough. I mean, it was because you know there's going to be a fallout. You know there's going to be justifiably so concerned on the part of the Mets and the part of other clubs and as there should be and regardless of circumstance i mean there's celebrations all the time every day in the major league seasons but you know what happens in the wbc and it happens with a player of that magnitude obviously you worry about you know what's going to happen going forward maybe there'll be no celebrations i mean something's going to happen obviously yeah. mm-hmm. as a result of that
1: greg what uh what was your favorite moment you know like i i, I watched all the games i mean I had, a, I had a couple of them i i mean i'm sure mitch bratt probably wouldn't want me well maybe he would Maybe he wouldn't mind hearing me say this. I, that whole situation, understanding the situation he was in, why he was needed, why he was used the way he was used, et cetera, et cetera. But just the way Ernie Witt and Otto Lopez and Naylor and Freddie Freeman kind of, mm-hmm. just the empathy they showed to him.
2: Yeah. That to yeah. me was a moment. It really was. Absolutely. It was special. I mean, um, you know, what a, what a task, right? I mean, look at that lineup and to face that lineup and, you know, he's very advanced for a kid his age and he's a, he's got a really bright future. But as you say to you know, to see the the collective passion and concern for his development, we all knew what that meant and we didn't want it to be a negative going forward. I mean, you have a lot of concerns when you start a 19 year old against a lineup like that. And if you don't, you should. Um, but I think how you handle it, how you deal with the person and the individual and, 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 you know, it, it goes a long way sort of from him for him to draw positives out of it. And I think when you've got Freddie standing there and Ernie and, you know, an entire ball club behind him and, and, and players that, you know, that in his case, uh, he watches on TV and, and emulates and wants to be similar to uh, it has an impact. I think that one, Adam Lohan for all of us was, mm-hmm. was very special. I mean, that was that was a special moment as well. So yeah, the tournament draws those types of things out and it's 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 great to see.
1: I would think too, from your position with the national junior program, you would, you, look, you guys do a lot of travel, and we all know that travel tends to bring people closer. I would think you probably have a pretty good idea of what makes those guys tick. And in addition to, you know, the fact that organizations would say, sure, let you know, yes, let pitch him in that situation. You probably had to have a pretty good idea of what Mitch is like to run him out there right like, you, you, that that he could handle whatever happened that he could handle it that it wouldn't leave scars
2: that was a huge part of it. I mean you're just not going to do that with any young arm and talented arm which he is, and you've got to make sure that you know that the carryover is is going to be to draw the positives out of it and not uh you know be defined by the negatives and you know really at the end of the day, if you look at that i mean he didn't get beat around the park he kind of beat himself a little bit which is what you would expect Got a little bit too fine probably at the end of the day and that's that's an easy thing to dissect from a dugout or from afar and, and uh, a lot harder to apply when you're out there at his age but uh, you know there were certainly positives and the fact that he handled it and you know the next day he had a smile on his face and you know everybody continued to talk to him I think he's gonna he's gonna draw a lot of positives going forward
0: Otto Lopez has a chance of making the team out of spring training for the Jays. Give me your, Greg, your scouting report. You've seen him up close and personal now. Give me your scouting report on Otto for us.
2: He's just, he's steady. I mean, he does a lot of things well. Um, you know, nothing is off the charts plus in terms of what he does, but he does a lot of things well, and he, he can play multiple positions. He prepares every day. He comes to play every day, puts his work in every day. He's just, he's a really professional player. I mean, I remember we had him three years ago and in a tournament when he was a little bit younger and we didn't play him a lot. And, and what I was impressed with was that he did his work every day. He was very consistent. He stays really within himself as a hitter, um, doesn't try to get too big, knows who he is as a player and, you know, defensively puts him in spots, puts himself in spots where he can make plays and, you know, just doesn't try to do things that he can't do, but he does things that he can do very well. And he, he does a lot of things. Well, solid.
1: Was there a, and maybe this is too early to ask this question, but I'm going to ask it anyhow. Looking back in the tournament now, was there a player who was better than you thought he'd be or did more than you thought he'd do or just rose to the occasion? Not to take anything away from him, but a guy that you just said, man, I'm so happy to see that. You know, that, that was just such a big hit for him or such a big play for him.
2: So I thought Owen Casey had, had a real good term for his mm-hmm. age. You know, I mean, that at bat, and which was a key at bat in the Columbia game to extend that lead and to be in that type of situation when we kind of didn't, you know, weren't able to extend it a couple times. And in a game we had to win to come through in that spot and take the ball the other way. I mean, he, he showed that he could certainly supply some power against upper level pitching. He showed that that he belonged against quality arms, and you know, he's got a ton of power. So I mean, the ability to kind of come in here at his age, only had a couple of years of pro ball, and you know, to start you know, on a, a fairly frequent basis and, and produce was, you know, something that I thought was really telling and and telling for his future. Julian, people might say, uh, you know, what about him? But uh, that one to me wasn't a surprise. I mean, he's always hit. I mean, he was the MVP of the double A last year. He led the Paul League in hitting and he just hits. And I think he's not far away from television. Mm-hmm.
1: Listen, Greg, we really appreciate you joining us. Yeah. Thanks so much. Congratulations. I know you guys would have, obviously, you'd rather still be playing, but I think those of us who followed Baseball Canada, man, you look at that lineup, and as I said, we're not that far away from having a lineup where we're running out everyday players and uh, and, and guys with, with with major league experience. So thanks for doing this. Travel safely.
2: Thanks, appreciate Greg. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Yeah, Take care.
1: Thanks, Greg. Greg Hamilton, bench coach of the... Uh, canadian wbc team and uh general manager and manager of the national junior program and uh, again while all, all these it's um the the, the national junior program th- there's a real sense of loyalty to the program <clears throat> and whenever you have this tournament there are players who aren't going to be able to compete for a variety of reasons for health uh, insurance is a big issue. Joey Votto, they they simply couldn't get insurance for Joey Votto. They couldn't get insurance mm-hmm. for Josh Naylor. And Josh Naylor coming off, uh, I mean, guys guys have got to know their bodies. Guys have got to know what their role is with their major sure. league team in order to do this. But by and large, Kevin, you know, if they're healthy, dudes play for Team Canada, right? And we saw that with Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman, a mild injury. By the way, The uh, the, the Dodgers have come out and said that the injury is... He'll be he'll be playing in great in good. in um, in cactus league games, so it, it, that mm-hmm. that injury isn't serious. But uh, yeah, it's it's. I, you know, I was looking back at at Mitch Pratt's start in particular. Sure, that lineup. Um, I mean, it was MVP MVP batting champ MVP.
0: It was yeah yeah. You know, and listen, to listen to how sad Freddie Freeman was when he got hurt and he couldn't play in the last game there. Yeah. That you, you, it just tells you what that or that whole thing means to the caliber of player that Freddie is. I, I wonder going forward how the Mitch Bratt thing will—he'll handle that because he'll always be known as, oh, you're that guy. I, I yeah. wonder how he's going to handle that. Like, there, there'll there be some baseball players and, and that will poke fun at it and be like, oh, yeah, you're that guy. Certain guys will handle that certain ways. And I just think going forward, I he'll be an interesting guy to pay attention to to see if just he can get it back on the tracks and, and, and keep it there. And if that will truly make him mentally stronger. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean,
1: it, it's, you know, people... Obviously people react to uh, to defeat differently. Um, a lot of
0: people were watching Jeff. They were watching that where yeah. Ernie had to come out and, and you know basically say it's okay, kid like that's a, yeah. that's a that's the lasting impression, and you know sometimes other players that you play with are hard on guys that go through things. So and look, I, I, I just wonder how that mentally will will affect him it, going it
1: gets forward. it gets back to to you have to know the kid, and as Buck said. Um, And I've got a brain cramp. Which organization is Brat with? Um, Was it the Rangers? The Rangers. The the Rangers, I'm sorry. The Rangers. That Canada asked the Rangers, hey, we're thinking of doing this. Can he handle it? Not can he handle it physically, but are you, and, and the Rangers said no.
0: No, go ahead. So I think it, I don't think I, they were talking about this, though. I no, don't think they, they were talking about a situation like that. Can he handle throwing to the best lineup in the world? Well, I think, I think that's the question. They I, I think,
1: though, you know, come on. As part of the discussion, the, the idea is, you know, what that, if he walks the house and he can't get anybody yeah, out? All right, yeah. Can he handle that? Yeah. I mean, and, uh, and again, I, guess, I think Greg, I Greg. will know these guys. Greg's coached these guys. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, I don't think you'd throw a kid out there. Uh, unless he was, uh, unless he was ready for it, I'd
0: still be interesting to to watch him. Going, you know, forward, if, if Canada, if, yeah, if, if Canada
1: had lost that game by one run, it'd be one thing. But I mean, they were effectively sure. boat raced, so yeah, he didn't have a good night. You know what? There were a lot of other pitchers in their late twenties and thirties who didn't have a good night either. So, um, you know, I, I think that'll probably that that will probably probably be a factor uh, going forward. But yeah, it, it is. You know, watching some of the, watching the, I've gotten up early enough that I've been able to watch almost every one of Japan's games, and you look at their pitching depth in terms of the guys you don't know, they're all older dudes who've got professional experience. Been there, done it can handle handle the lights. Yeah. All right, that is it for us again. Blue Jays baseball streaming tonight from Sarasota Jays and Baltimore Orioles. We will be back tomorrow. Pete Walker. Blue Jays pitching coach joining us. Ben Wagner will be along as well, 11 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590 The Fan, Sportsnet 360, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. For Jen, Lance, Mark, myself, and Kevin Barker, thanks for joining us. Have yourself a great day.